Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. Last week I talked to you about faith being, I'm sorry, fear being a dream killer. Uh, you know, and Tammy and I got to talking about that, and I was asking the Lord and, and asking Tammy and just kind of getting thoughts on, Lord, where do we go from here? And Tammy just real quick said, well, I think if fear is a dream killer, faith must be a dream builder. I said, oh, that'll preach. I wrote it down, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, is that faith is a dream builder. Amen? So I guess the question I have for you is, what is your dream in life? What is your dream in life? What is God's dream for you in life? And do they match up? If you don't have an answer to that, if you don't have an answer to what are your dreams in life, my first uh, point and the first thing I want you to do is start dreaming. God didn't put you on this earth just to sit and get. He's called each one of you to do something for his kingdom. And each one of us have a different skill set. And all we got to do is spend time with him, look at the things that we enjoy, think about what God has done in our lives, and just do what he's asking us to do. But by spending time with him, we will get that dream. You know, I kind of got into a fog over the last couple of years, and the last couple of years, God has really been showing me and teaching me. I felt like he's been drowning me, but that's, I'm told, not true, but trying to learn how to be a pastor. And maybe you're like me, and whatever dream you have, you're just feeling overwhelmed right now, and that dream is kind of taking a back seat. And in June, I felt like the Lord told me to start dreaming again. And I really sincerely tried, but it was just difficult. I was just going through a dry patch. I just didn't have a lot of motivation. I know you guys don't go through that, do you? But it was hard to dream. And then sometimes when I dream, that dream starts building, and I get excited until I think about everything that's in that dream, and I have no idea how it's going to work out, and then I start to get a little overwhelmed. And that's where today's message comes out of. Don't be overwhelmed. Have faith. Because you see, as much as fear can kill a dream, faith can build a dream. Joshua 1.9, we read that last week. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We talked about how fear stood for false evidence appearing real. I don't think I put that slide in here this week, but I put up there that faith can mean a couple of things. So instead of focusing on false evidence appearing real, why don't you look at faith as being forward all issues to heaven? Or for anything impossible, trust him. That's what we need to be talking about. That's what we need to be confessing. We need to confess faith and not give in to fear. When the Bible talks about fear of the Lord, that's not the fear we're talking about being a dream killer. I don't want to go into a discussion or even a sermon on that type of fear right now. Just understand when you're reading the word and you read where it says fear of the Lord, that's a reverential fear. It reminds me of growing up, and I think I've told this story before, but my family was going to see my grandparents down in Daytona Beach, and I don't remember what age I was, I was not quite a teenager, but Dad and I played mercy. Ever played mercy? Just trying to bend the other person's wrists back? I, I'm not really sure. It seems kind of an evil game now that I think about it. But when you're growing up, whatever game your dad wanted to play or anybody else was cool. And so I remember I was beating him this time. Y'all didn't laugh loud enough. In my mind, I was beating him. 
he was coming back. He's, oh, oh, and he's grunting a little bit, and that wrist is going back. I'm like, I got him. He's going to give any time. And all you got to do to give up is say mercy. And then he decided to show me that he'd been playing with me. And so he quickly bent my wrist back, except I wasn't quite ready for it. So it shocked me, and it did push back a little too far. And I felt the pain and the sting, and I felt the fear for the first time of my dad. And for the rest of my upbringing, there were times where I was strong enough that if we ever got into a fight, which we never did because that wasn't the way we were raised, that wasn't the family we had, but I could have taken him, but I never knew it. Because I had that reverential fear. He never took me out, but I always knew he could. So we're talking about the reverential fear of God. It's knowing and understanding that he, he, he's not taking you out, but he could. That's not the fear we're talking about being a dream killer. Fear being a dream killer is when you have that anxiety, that, that, that frustration, that distrust, that overwhelmed feeling that I don't know how I can make this work. I can't make it work. I might as well give up. That's not the, that's not the reverential fear of the Lord. That fear kills dreams. Faith will build the dream though. Faith is the opposite of fear for a Christian. Faith is what builds it. How many of you know the faith chapter? That's right, all of them. But the main faith chapter is Hebrews 11. If you've never read Hebrews 11, I encourage you to go read Hebrews 11. We're going to read a part of it today. We're going to start in verse 1 and just read the first three verses. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony... And by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Are you hearing what all those verses say? First of all, substance is the realization. It's not just the wish. It's the realization of things hoped for. See, see when we have faith, we, we believe Something so much that we act as if we already have it. That's how we uh, activate our faith. Mark eleven twenty two through 24 says it better than that. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. He didn't say, cross your fingers, hop on one leg, throw a penny into a well of water. He said, believe that you've received it. Before you've received it, you got to act as if you already have it. You got to believe that you have it. That's faith. That's faith. Go back to Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 real quick. Hope. Says the substance of things hoped for. That's that anticipation. It's an expectation with confidence. David was talking this morning, and Angie were talking about love, and part of the the packet that he gave out last week, which if you want to, do we have one for this next week, is out at the Welcome Center, give you just an idea of what's being studied, and it will ask you some questions. But one of them was about arrogance. And we talked this morning how confidence and arrogance are separated by a thin line. By a thin line. I think the difference to me for a Christian is arrogance says I believe in me, confidence says I believe in my God. So it's not having faith in what I can do, it's having faith in what God will do through me, to me. 
and for me. Amen? That's the difference. But it says to have confidence for by it, for by faith the elders, they obtained a good testimony. I don't know about you, but I want a good testimony. I didn't think about that, but we all have a testimony. Everybody has a testimony. Christians assume a testimony is always a good thing, but the writer was very clear to put that word in there. For by faith, they had a good testimony. And then check this part out in verse 3. By faith, we understand that the world, I want you to know I went to three or four different versions, and there are a couple versions that just say world, because I've only understood it as world. But New King James and King James say worlds, and I don't really know. But I can guarantee you this, if there are multiple worlds, it doesn't matter. God created them. It takes just as much faith to believe in the world as it does the world, and we don't actually see how God put it all together. We're trying, scientists are constantly trying to figure out how we were made, how the things around us were made. But see, faith says, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to know exactly how it happened. Told you this before, Pastor Gary shared a story that's never left me about uh, riding on a, a boat. It's a huge boat, a cruise line ship that was like a city in itself. Massive. And yet it's a pebble to sit in the water that holds it. I mean, it's nothing. The, the ocean is so vast, and we're mesmerized by the city. We're so fascinated by landing on the moon or even going for space exploration. And Dad's told you before, and I love this one as well, that's a cool accomplishment, but you're landing on a planet that got hung in the air with no strings attached. What's more impressive? Faith. We've got to have faith because you'll never be able to prove everything. That's what the Christian life is built off of. So you want to fulfill the dream that God has for you? You got to have faith. You just better start writing down and not saying, Lord, how am I going to make that happen? But saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'll do, I'll go. I mean, hopefully you all have testimonies in your life of what God has done for you. If you don't, I encourage you to ask the Lord to show you those testimonies because they're there. And if they absolutely are not there, we need to talk. We need to talk because you need to have a testimony. For they overcame the enemy, right? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You're not going to overcome the enemy if you don't have a testimony. It's got to be a testimony. I like what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. There was a movie back in the day, Indiana Jones. I know they just released the 1400th one of them this summer. I think it's just the fourth or fifth one. Uh, and I think it's the third one. And Harrison Ford's character has to step out onto this bridge that he cannot see. It looks like a huge just cave that goes straight down for miles. I don't know if you've seen that before. But he has to just take this step of faith. And when he does, he lands on solid ground. And the camera shifts, and you see this invisible-type structure there. You know, that paints a pretty good picture of what we're talking about here. You know, I remember when the Lord told the elders to sell our previous building. And when we would tell people that God told us to sell it, they would ask us, where are you going? And we didn't have an answer. And they look at us crazy. Who sells a building without knowing where you're going? 
So I don't know. We just know the Lord's told us to sell us. So by faith, we stepped down. We sold it. We were able to choose another church to go in there. You don't always have that choice. We were able to allow another church to go in there. They gave us a really good price. We were able to put some money away, and then COVID hit, and guess what? We were financially sound. We didn't know COVID was coming. We didn't know all the financial issues were coming. God did. When you, when you read the story of Joseph, it talks about seven years of feast because they're preparing for seven years of famine. All that Pharaoh and Joseph had was the word of the Lord. They didn't actually see famine. They saw feast. But yet they had faith. Joseph had faith. And they gathered the grain and they stored it up. And sure enough, at the end of seven years, that famine started. And guess what? They were prepared because he had faith. Now, I don't know if Pharaoh had faith in God, but he had faith in Joseph. And that paid off for him as well. Having faith allowed a dream to come about. When Hebrews was written, there's some debate over who wrote it, but they, most, uh, most of the scholars and commentators believe and, and will tell you that Hebrews was written to Jews at the time that were being tempted by their senses, meaning they had always operated in faith, but now in the new world they were in, with all the different cultures and customs around them, they were beginning to get swayed by their senses, and people telling them to trust what they could see, what they could taste, what they could touch, not what they believed in their spirit. And so the, the writer of Hebrews is not telling them that they've fallen off yet. He's warning them. He's saying, look, have faith. And he begins to lay out examples of faith to them all through chapter 11 to remind them that our lives should be built on faith. Our dreams should be built on faith, that we should have faith. In fact, if you keep reading the scriptures after verse 3, it starts saying, by faith, the next scripture, by faith, the next scripture, by faith. Every scripture after that, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Abel, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Joseph. They did all these things by faith. See, we're talking about material versus spiritual. Where do you put your trust? We're talking about real versus unreal. Seen versus unseen. And the world chooses to operate the only way they know how to operate, with their senses. And so they reason things out. And if it doesn't make sense to them, and this is where a lot of scientists go off the deep end for Christians because they begin to say, I don't believe because I can't prove it. But we have the opportunity to see the unseen. We have the opportunity to hear the unheard. We have the opportunity to feel the unreal. I like what Corey Ten Boom said. said, faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. Let me say that again. Faith sees the invisible, believes the unbelievable, and receives the impossible. Faith does for the unseen what reason does for the seen. That reason creates a sense of confidence. You all are sitting in those chairs. You had confidence that that chair was going to hold you and it wouldn't break. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't have sat down in it, correct? And you probably didn't ease into it, am I right? Anybody have somebody sit beside them just flop down? You're, you're blessed. Nobody wants to rat you out. Right? You had faith. In fact, when a chair does break, if you've ever been in that situation, the look of surprise on your face is so funny. 
You can't help but laugh. You don't even check to see if the person's all right. But that look of surprise, because you didn't expect it to fall. You had faith. That's that confidence, because it's been proven out. Well, guess what? God will do the same thing with our spirit. That's where that testimony comes in. God will continually prove himself to you if you will allow him. If you will allow him to. See, Proverbs tells us how to have faith. Third chapter, starting in the fifth verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not part of it, but all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. I always add that part. I love that. Do not be wise in your own eyes. First of all, it rhymes. I like a rhyming pattern. But it reminds me because that's where we slip over into arrogance. That's also where we allow fear to enter in. Because if we can't see it, if we don't understand it, if we can't plan it out, then we don't do it. But every person you deem successful in your life has had to step out in faith and has probably had some failures along the way. If we want to achieve the dream that God has for our life, we have to step out in faith. There is a dream for this church that's been in existence for us for more than a couple decades. Just because it hasn't fully come about yet doesn't mean that that dream is not what God laid on our hearts, doesn't mean that it's not real, and doesn't mean that it's not going to come to pass. You see, if you follow the Israelites, God sent Moses to save them, to lead them out of captivity. They get into the desert land. Guess what? God told Abraham about all this stuff, and he didn't live to see it. That didn't make the dream not true. Moses and his generation didn't get to see the promised land. That didn't make the dream not true. You know what else I read and didn't realize? We talk about parting the Red Sea. We all know that story, don't we? Did you know that God parted the River Jordan for Joshua? I said that to say God continued to do what needed to be done to get to where he wanted his children to be. The dream for his children for the promised land of that time was not done, was not dead, was still alive, even though certain generations had not seen it come to fulfillment. Guess what? Jesus is coming back for his bride. Just because generations before us haven't seen that happen doesn't make that not true. Whether or not we see that happen in our lifetime doesn't mean that that prophecy and that dream is not true. Faith. Faith is what we hold on to to know that Jesus is coming back one day. Faith is what we hold on to to know that we are living the life God has for us. Faith is why we subscribe to the Bible and the scriptures and the word. Faith. The key to all of this, and I'm just scratching the surface today, the topic of faith can be talked about till the day we die. But I will promise you this, you will never fulfill your dreams and you will never fulfill the dream God has for you without faith. But the key to all of this is knowing what God's dream for your life is. Because you see, you made a declaration at some point in time in your life. And you said, Jesus, I love you, and I want you to come into my life. And I'll just take a 
step to the side for a minute and say, if you're watching online or if you're in this building, you can hear me and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. It doesn't matter what else I've talked about today. You need the faith to have him be your all in all, to have him be your Lord and Savior. That's step one. For the majority of you, as I look around and know each of your hearts, based on your actions, based on our conversations, you've taken care of that step. So the next step for you is knowing where God wants you, because I'm telling you this right here. If you keep running out the dream that you have for your life, but it doesn't line up with God's dream for your life, it's not going to work out and you're going to be miserable. Why? Because you have said, God, you be my leader. God, you be my God. I submit. I surrender to you. So guess what? The food that you fed your body, the spiritual food you're feeding your body before you met Jesus, don't taste anywhere near as good as it did before. And it won't fulfill you. It's like putting diesel in a gasoline engine. It's just not going to work. And if you haven't tried that, don't try that. You see, you got to feed your spirit man spiritual food. you got to feed it the Word of God. So step one, the key is being in the place God wants you. Let me remind you again of my journey. It's the only testimony I have. But you see, I didn't want to jump into this full-time ministry gig again right away. I had some plans. I had some dreams, some things I wanted to take care of. And God said, no problem. But I know you love me. And I know you want me to be in your life. So I'm going to do what I need to do to get you to where I want you to be. And I started to get real miserable. Started to get real miserable. Even Tammy came to me. She said, I think it's time. I said, I don't think you're right. I don't think you're right. There's a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety in my brain. I didn't want to fully trust God to step back into full-time ministry. Because you see, there was no job opening. <laughs> there was no money. It was a complete step of faith. And yeah, it's easy to tell the story now because I know what happened. But I had to have faith and trust that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. As a matter of fact, let's back up a little bit. God prepared me for the second jump by allowing me to go in the ministry the first time right out of college. But you see, at that point in time, Tammy was self-sustaining. She was taking care of things for herself. I didn't really feel the pressure to take care of her, and she was on board. I didn't have any kids. So while it was a step of faith, it was not quite the same step of faith that it took the second time. But let me tell you what God did that first step of faith. As I was praying about it, I asked my father his advice, and he did not advise me to go in right away. Now, he would later tell me that was advice from an earthly father. He had not really prayed about that. He just wanted the best for me, and he knew there was no money in there for it, and I couldn't support myself or my family. That was the way he was answering that, okay? But God told me, and I heard in my spirit, he said, I'm telling you, if you trust me, within three months, you'll start making money. He said, I'll start providing for you financially. So the short version is I took the step of faith, and three months later, I started earning a whopping $100 a week. But God had fulfilled his promise, and I never went for lack. God always took care of Tammy and I. And every time I've gone to the ministry, somebody has had the Lord lay on their heart to bless us when we were in need of finances, and it's always worked out. So the second time I had that testimony, and I'm riding on the lawnmower, cutting my yard, and I hear the Lord speak to me and say, what's the holdup? I said, Lord, you know I got some outstanding bills and debts. I got to get those paid, Lord. If I give up my job, I got no money. He says, is that it? That's your only concern? He said, so if you had all the money in the world, if you were a millionaire right now, you'd have no problems taking that step. I said, absolutely. He said, that's not faith. He said, you don't trust me? 
He said, didn't I get you paid when I told you I'd get you paid in the time period I told you I'd get you paid? He said, I'm always taking care of you. He said, so what's the hold up? I said, okay, Lord, I told Tammy I'm jumping into full-time ministry again, but I didn't tell my boss. And normally, you got till March to make that final decision, and you could sometimes string that out to the end of the year before you had to sign your contract for the next year. And this was in December when I got this word from the Lord, and in January, the principal sat us down for our monthly faculty meeting and informed us that she was going to have to start uh, really buckling down because the positions available were shrinking next year. I said, man, I can't hang on to this. So see, God created a situation where I was going to have to come clean with my boss. More importantly, he created no backsies, no outs. So I sat down with my boss and I told her, and she said, I, I get it. I understand. She said, maybe it won't work out. And she laughed. And if for some reason don't, you always got a place here. I thought that was real sweet, but I think she knew and I knew. Matter of fact, I had a good close personal friend that was a principal and eventually became uh, not a vice president, but one of the big wigs at the county office. And I informed him, I said, I'm finally going to full-time ministry. And his words right back to me were, it's about time. So a lot of people knew that. But faith is what it required. And when we can't see how things are going to get taken care of, that becomes that fear and that dream killer. I'm telling you, God put a dream in your heart for a reason. God wants to fulfill that dream he has for you, so let him. But the first key is knowing what that dream is that he has for your life. And I promise you, I am about to close. The second thing, very easy, build your faith. Build your faith. Can you think of something you've done in your life where you were not good at it, but the more you did it, the better you got at it, and now you have confidence in that skill? Even preaching to you today is a skill that God's had to develop in me. Now, I can talk with the best of them, but preaching has been a different thing. But the more I do it, the more I grow in it, the more confidence I get, the more we're able to have services where God moves the way he wants to move. And we don't have to dictate every single thing that's going to happen. We can allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit is going to do. I didn't know Donald was going to share his testimony today. I didn't have that planned out in the things I had written down. But when I hugged his neck, I knew. And then he confirmed that a little later on. Whatever dream God has on your heart, you keep dreaming that dream and building your faith. And I'll close with this scripture right here, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to encourage you. It may not sound like encouragement, but I want to encourage you. Stop avoiding Bible studies. Stop avoiding church. Stop finding a reason to lay out. I understand that there are things in our lives that come up. And I know that sometimes we're tired. And I have definitely gone through those phases where I didn't want to go to church and I did not go to church. And thankfully, and I can say that honestly today, I had a dad that, dad that was the best guilt tripper in the world. And he would try to disguise, hey son, I just looking for a day, man. You all right? Everything okay? To the point that if Tammy and I were thinking about laying out, that ran through my head, and I thought, if I lay out, I'm going to have to brace for a phone call because Dad's going to call me. So sometimes I just go just so he wouldn't call. You know, that was some of the most amazing times I ever had at church because I just sucked it up and went. 
the enemy is always going to tell you something. The fl- your flesh is always going to tell you there's something else to do. But if you want to build your faith, you got to get in that word. No, I'm not saying, and as I close with this, I promise, that's the only second one, by the way. I'm not saying you can't get filled up at your house on your own time. Matter of fact, I, I encourage you to be doing something every day. Whatever it may be, reading the Word of God, sitting under a tree, praying, just sitting with the Lord, playing worship music, listening to some, some preaching, whatever the case may be, as long as it gets you back into the Word, you always want to get back to the Word and read the Word. But don't forsake the assembling of the saints. It's not a checklist. It's not, oh, he showed up, she showed up. No, 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 it builds our faith. When we hear that Word, when we read that Word, when we study that Word, it will build our faith because through that we begin to step out and then God begins to build the testimony and then when the next time something comes, we can, re- re- we can reflect back on that testimony and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember when you did this, Lord. You know how many cars God has blessed Tammy and I with? Three or four, is it more than that now? Four that I can think of. Now, I can't tell you why I have the faith for God to bless me with cars, but not with other things sometimes. But I can tell you this, if I have car problems, God's going to take care of it, whether it's through financial, somebody giving us money, or somebody giving us a car, or him providing a way. I know God's going to take care of that. Now, what God wants me to do is to take that same faith that I have for vehicles and apply it to the dream he has for this church and for my life. And the God, and God wants you to do the same thing in your life. He wants you to apply that same faith, the same testimony you've been building to rely on that and to let God fulfill his dream for you in your life. Fear can be a dream killer, but faith will be a dream builder. Amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Amen. Mm. You want to know why the news is filled with depressing stuff? They're being used as a tool of the enemy, whether they realize it or not. I don't think enemies coming in there and manipulating them and pulling on their brain strings and all this kind of stuff. But you see, fear sells. Fear sells. Don't allow yourself to get sucked into the fear. Listen to what's going on in the world. And they begin to operate in faith, begin to pray for people, begin to ask God to give you that heart of compassion, begin to ask God to strengthen and increase your faith. And I promise you all the dreams that God's put on your heart will come to pass. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you that we are people of faith. Lord, we believe in you. We believe in your kingdom, Lord God. Father, we ask that today, if our dream is not your dream for us, that you replace that dream, Father. And that, Lord, you would help build our faith to achieve the dreams that you have for this church and for each person here, Father. Lord, help us to trust in you and in your word and to stay focused on you and your kingdom, Lord. Father, I pray that as we enter the mission field, that, Lord, we would not be timid, we would not be shy, we would not be afraid, but, Father, we'd go with a boldness and a confidence to share your word, to share your love, with the people around us in our community, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing and what's to come. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. 
Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.